Yummy, 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 I want food in my tummy. That's why I come in the kitchen, because I'm hungry. <laughs> when you go into your kitchen, what's in your headspace? Do you go there because you're hungry? Or do you go there because you're bored? Or you go there because you're angry and emotional? What are the reasons that we eat? Now, I'm just using the kitchen as an example, because obviously we eat in lots of different places. But when you decide it's time to eat, is it because you're hungry? And should that be the reason that we eat? One of those uh, logical, common sense, uh, totally unemotional questions when you ask people, why do you eat? The answer, wouldn't it be nice, uh, I'm hungry. Uh, why would you eat when you're full is the reverse of that. But there are so many people who share with me on a regular basis that they don't eat because they're hungry. So for example, people always laugh because at my house, there's always chocolates in the kitchen, always. I call it the gold bowl. So if I'm going to buy chocolate, uh, and I have lots of different chocolate at my house, but the gold bowl needs to have red, black, or gold chocolates in it. So when people come into my kitchen, they go, oh, Roa, you're, you're an exercise professional, you're a results coach, you've always got chocolates in your kitchen. And that's one of the reasons why I don't eat very much chocolate, because it's always available to me. So I eat chocolate when I feel like it. And that's a great question to ask again. When you are hungry, what do you eat? Do you eat what somebody else tells you to eat? Do you eat the things that you love to eat? Do you eat because you have to, because you can't have, must and have, don't have what you really want to eat? You have to have this stuff that you don't want. And the reason I'm asking that question is I think it's a, well, is that a way to live life? When you get to the end of your life and you look back over your life, do you want to say, I couldn't eat all the things that I loved, so I had to stick to this boring, monotonous, uh, horrible can't have mustn't have don't have shouldn't have diet that I didn't like to try and be in great shape shouldn't our eating an exercise program and particularly our eating plan because food for some people is such a magical part of life for me it's one of the most uh, wow experiences of my life I love great food and for somebody to tell me you can't have mustn't have don't have shouldn't have particularly if I'm hungry you can't eat if you're hungry and you can't have the things that you love I just think that would be a really sad way to live. So I don't like to talk about food very often because I understand it's a very controversial topic. And I know that because when every, every, everybody or every time somebody comes to my kitchen, they always make comment that I've got chocolate in my kitchen. Uh, I have the things in my kitchen and in my fridge and in my cupboard that I love. How about you? A lot of people share with me, oh, I don't have chocolate or biscuits or ice cream in my house because if I had them there, I would eat them. Is it possible that if we put a can't have, mustn't have, don't have, shouldn't have onto something, if we put a stigma onto it, that we want it more? It's like when we say to our kids, don't do that. Is it possible that they want to do it more? If you tell your brain, you can't have that, don't eat that, is it possible that your brain is now thinking about it because it wants it more? Because those two words, can't and don't, very negative words, but they don't really uh, compute very well with your brain. Because if you say, uh, chocolate then your brain thinks about chocolate if you say don't have chocolate your brain doesn't have it there's no picture for don't have there's definitely a picture for chocolate now brain thinks in pictures so if you say chocolate now your brain's thinking about chocolate even if you've said i can't have or don't have or mustn't have or shouldn't have so then we're thinking about it so we want it more now chocolate might not be your thing what but all i'm asking is this if you are an exercise professional, if you're a nutritionist, a dietitian, a parent, a teacher, a coach, if you talk to people about food, is it possible that if you say to somebody, you can't have what you love, that they might want it even more? And even if they don't have it because you told them that they can't, 
a couple of things might happen. Number one is that they feel angry and and annoyed and frustrated because they can't have the thing that they love. And what a horrible way to live. And that in itself causes stress. And there's a lot to be said about the damage that stress does to our body. The reverse of that, if you tell somebody that they can't have it, but they really want it and they end up having it, but then they feel guilty because they had it. They feel ashamed because they had it. And there begins a terrible relationship with their food. Well, I don't want that for anybody and I hope that you don't either. Could we be very careful, please, when we tell people you can't have that to eat? Uh, And I always bring it down to the bare basics. What is food made of? What is all food made of? Carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen. That's what food's made of. And which part of that is bad for us? Our body needs all of those things. And it comes in all different shapes and forms and all different kinds of micronutrition because, yes, some food has very little vitamins and minerals in it and some food has lots of vitamins and minerals in it. But ultimately, is it possible that if you're fit and strong, and this is where the great news is for me when it comes to food, and I bang on about this every day, Do you want to be fit and strong and have a body that burns up everything that you put into it? Or do you want to be on a diet for the rest of your life and your body just gets slower and slower and slower at burning the foods that you put into it? So you have to eat less and less of the foods that you love. It doesn't make any sense to me. When you're fit and when you're strong, there's a whole heap of things that work really well. Number one, you have a fast metabolism. You have a fast base metabolic rate, so your body needs more calories to survive. You have a respiratory quotient that desires or prefers, your body now prefers to burn fat rather than carbohydrate because it wants to store the carbohydrate for when you do high-intense activity. And you have a brain that... Because it's healthy, it makes better decisions and you have an endocrine system that tells you when you're hungry and tells you when you're full. They all work together with your food, with your exercise, with fresh air and sunshine to give you a healthy, fit, strong body that stays that way for the rest of your life. So what if it was as simple as drink more water till you've got clear wheeze, eat all the foods that you love, don't eat any of the foods that you don't love, eat when you're hungry, stop eating when you're full, and you're going to do that when you've got a body that's fit and strong. And to get fit, you've got to get puffed. To get get strong, you've got to overload your muscles and bones. I wish that it wasn't any more complicated than that, and it isn't. Why do we make it so complicated? Why not just ask people, what do you love to eat? Let's always include that. What don't you like to eat? Let's never include that. Let's get you fit and strong so that your endocrine and central nervous system work together to tell you when you're hungry, tell you when you're full, and fire up everything to make sure that your body burns up everything that you put into it. I would like our kids to never have to lose weight because they never got chubby in the first place. Wouldn't it be nice to never have to go on a diet and never restrict your eating because you're healthy, fit and strong and you love what you see in the mirror? And that's what Romax is all about every day. Be healthy, fit and strong for the rest of your life. And to that process is surely have a stack of energy, perform at your best, love what you see in the mirror and get the results that you want from your eating and exercise plan. And shouldn't we be able to demand that from our eating and exercise plan? If your eating and exercise plan is not giving you a stack of energy, you're not performing at your best, you don't love what you see in the mirror and you're not getting the results that you want, surely it's time for a different plan. Particularly if that plan says you can't have, mustn't have, don't have, shouldn't have the things that you love to eat and you're angry and frustrated because you can't have them or you're eating them anyway and feeling guilty and angry with yourself because I can't have that, it's bad for me. Where can we not make the connection that if I tell somebody that food is bad and they eat it, they then feel like a bad person? Wouldn't it be nice to have chocolates in your house and only eat chocolate when you feel like it and you never want to eat the whole bowl because your endocrine system tells you when you're full? Wouldn't that be a great way to live your life to the max?
Yummy, yummy, yummy. I've got food in my tummy. Well, I haven't yet, but I will soon because I love food. Woohoo!